Happy New Year and welcome to Superhouse, the first of 2020. I am, once again, the man who knows too much about Batman. This is Ben Juan. And I live in a world of indeed. This is Andrew, and I'm once again... Oh, you already did that part. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to Superhouse. It's a new year, everybody. Yippee! Woo! And I know I promised you guys Batman Begins, but... To procrastinate even further, we're going to... It will to come, we swear. <laughs> we're, we're working on visuals and stuff, man. We're Give going, us a break. We're going to begin Batman Begins by going into the actual training that Batman went through in the comics. Now, I'm going to encompass all of the comics, not just the comics before Batman Begins or after Batman Begins. Everything from the Silver Age, which is where they first start exploring this, into Rebirth. So that's pre-Crisis... Post Crisis, New Fifty Two, and Rebirth, and they, all the cha- training changes a bunch. It does, and so what I decided to do because I've looked at a lot of videos about the, the training of Batman, and I realized okay. that there's some <laughs> stuff that they miss or they miss certain comics, and I wanted to put together my own comprehensive chronology. And what ended up happening was I turned it into my own Grant Morrison. Everything is canon. Your head canon. And my head canon, which is. This ridiculous 20-year journey that he takes going like from, it. like, 10, year 10, uh, when he's 10 years old, to him donning the suit at, like, 30, which is his age, about his age when he dons it in Batman Begins. Not in the comic, but in Batman Begins, because it just felt more realistic. Let me tell you something, Ben. Yeah. I can't wait to step into the dojo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we step into the dojo, we'll just go chronologically. I will also bring up the different comic issues in case you guys want to check them out and look them up for yourselves. Uh, A lot of these will be ones that you probably will not have heard of before. So this is going to be good for all of you guys who are really into the comics, have a DC Universe uh, subscription, and a lot of these are on there. So Do your homework, kids. Do your homework, kids. Or just listen to this because I did it all for you. This is the homework. This This is the audio. This is the audible (laughs) for Batman training. Welcome to it. Welcome to it. So... Obviously, we're going to have to start off with the deaths of Thomas and Martha Wayne, because, <laughs> come on, like that's, that's, that's what started all of this. So, around, I'd say Bruce is around 10 years old at this time. Uh, sometimes he's 6, sometimes he's 8. I think 10 is a little bit realistic. 6 is a little young for him to get started on some of this stuff, because we're going to cover a little bit of what he did afterwards. Like, how do you go from the kid who's in the alley who's mourning over the deaths of his parents, to him thinking, oh, I'm going to turn myself into something. Right. It's just a few panels in the original origin where he's just like, he makes this vow. When does the phoenix rise from the ashes? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to jump to the rebirth version of this. What? That's all the way to now. I know, because he recontextualized the vow. Oh, okay. Which is that Bruce Wayne, in his grief, tried to slash his wrists. Okay, that was new to Rebirth? Yeah, that was new to Rebirth. Okay. Tom King introduced this uh, in a story called I Am Suicide, uh, where he cre- sort of recruits his own suicide squad to go up against Bane. And while he's doing this, he writes a letter to Catwoman, and he admits that when he was about 10 years old, he had a blade between his wrists and was thinking about to do it when he thought of a better way for him to commit suicide in a way, which is to devote his life to warring on criminals and dying that way as opposed to taking his life now. So you like this new addition to Bat Lore? I, yeah, it, it does create... Because, like, it, it does, like, how... 
would a 10 year old react to such a huge oh, trauma yeah. in his and life? And he thinks it's his fault. 100%. And it's him think, yeah, yeah, I think it's either thinking it's his fault or having the survivor's guilt or the loss of that. Right. Just jumping immediately into the vow does seem like a 1930s type of thing, but. Yeah, yeah. I shall become a bat. bat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's. In this scenario, I'm like, I kind of like this recontextualization of it, of him seeing it, which is why it's called I Am Suicide. Okay. He, t- he, he writes that those words to Catwoman in terms of like, this is what it's all about. This is why okay. I dress up as the bat, and I know at any point that I could be dead, but this is how I choose to go out if I were to do that. So, okay. Uh, Bruce Wayne then makes this solemn vow to his parents that I swear by the deaths of my parents that I will avenge them by warring on all criminals. And that's vow is what leads him into taking on this journey so the wrist slitting is like a <laughs> it's almost it, like too dark it's like a me. like a I, I don't know why i associate this but like the 90s just like being dark <laughs> and like listening to fucking i don't even know what like yes even though the cure is the 80s but you're a 90s kid listening i don't I, yeah never mind don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> so bruce then after the suicide attempt uh, this is covered in All-Star Batman by Scott Snyder, but he gets taken into the Arkham home uh, in Innsmouth, Massachusetts. So I guess it's somewhat, it's like under the same Arkham name, but it's uh, in a different state. And there okay. he meets another traumatized kid by the name of Harvey Dent. Okay. And neither of them really know each other's names. They're just given numbers, but it's significant because Harvey Dent's father is abusive and Bruce and Harvey make a pact that Harvey will kill the man who killed Bruce's parents and Bruce in exchange will kill Harvey's father. Okay. Again, we're into some really dark There's shit for a 10-year-old. Bruce. This is why I put it at 10 as opposed to 6. Honestly, <laughs> kids are darker than we probably yeah. give them credit for as well. So uh, so what ends up happening <clears throat> though is Harvey temporarily goes home for a bit and his father attempts to turn over a new leaf and melts down the coin that he used to use to beat Harvey. He used to flip a coin and say like, you know, if it lands on this side, I'll beat you. And if is it lands that on this other new? side, that is that new as well? Like the melting of the coin? Uh, the melting of the coin is new. The, the father beating him based off of the flipping of the coin okay. has been there since, uh, I want to say, the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, it's longer than I expected. Yeah. All right. So this whole abusive father thing has been a part of Harvey's life for a while, and we can dive deeper into that when we get to Two-Face February. But this is about right. young Bruce, and young right. Bruce uh, finds out that Harvey's father has like redeemed himself. He's even reminted the coin into having two heads as opposed to the, okay. having a regular coin where tails meant that Harvey would get beaten. So right. the two-headed coin is a symbol that he won't beat Harvey again. So Harvey backs out of the deal okay. because his father had a second chance. And Bruce thinks that that's incredibly naive, and okay. he shouldn't have done that. But it kind of forms Bruce's idea of, of justice. Uh, he returns home, and this is where I'd like to think that Alfred uh, thinks that Bruce should have an outlet for himself and has him go under undergo acrobatic training by uh, so John Alfred, yeah. Alfred wants to do acrobatics at first instead of martial arts because well, he thinks yes. it's too violent. Yeah, because he's he a doesn't proper want... British lad. Yes. So... <laughs> Uh, he has him go to the Haley's Circus. This is, again, not in the comics, but something that I pitched in our Batman Forever deep dive okay, right, where he right. takes him to uh, the Graysons and their young teenager, John Grayson, is the one who's like, sure, I'll train this kid in acrobatics. And he takes him under his wing and says, hey, like in the Grayson family, we have different ranks to it, and we, they're named after different birds because we're the flying Graysons. Right. So you'll start off in the rookie position, which is Robin. 
So Bruce Wayne is a Robin at first. Bruce Wayne starts off as a Robin. Yeah, that's and, cool. And yeah. gives he can kind of has the red and yellow and green outfit to be part of it as he's learning it. So this ties into a later comic that I'll talk about where Bruce Wayne was revealed to have been the first Robin. It's okay. just I've now recontextualized it so it's less dumb for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and where it makes it's more not sense. stupid. It makes it more, more makes more sense later on for Bruce to feel attached enough to adopt John Grayson's son right. as well as that son to have the name of Robin as the rank for him as a vigilante that he'd be okay with passing down to Jason Todd and Tim Drake and Damian Wayne, all those people. Because I always felt that why would, if Robin was such a, it had this huge impact on his life. It was something that his his mother nicknamed him, which is like a lot of the uh, interpretations. Why would Dick Grayson be okay with Jason Todd and Tim Drake all just taking that name just because it's the name of Batman's partner? Oh, right, 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 right. But if it was just like, no, this is our way to honor the Graysons is we're adopting that as our system. Right. Then I would excuse it a little more. So, Bruce so Wayne. Rank, even Batman has had the rank at one point. Yeah. So, yeah, even, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. So, Just keep passing it on and on and on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and to further his outlet, as revealed in Batman Annual Number 13, Alfred decides to give Bruce a little bit of acting training. To, again, another outlet. Uh, uh, different. Theatricality theatrical- and deception. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense because Alfred used to be an actor. In the comics, and Bruce will need those acting skills not only for uh, being Bruce Wayne, yeah. the playboy, but also for when he goes undercover as matches Malone or as different yeah. criminals. Batman does a whole bunch of other disguises. You could also say around this time he learns how to use makeup and disguises, which is where a man named Barrett Keane comes in. He was revealed in Detective Comics number 227 that he trained Batman or helped Batman out with uh, makeup. This is the first Ra's Ra's al Ghul type of character like fighting mentor type uh not necessarily a fighting mentor type but just somebody who taught him makeup and disguises oh yeah that's right okay yeah we could i could definitely like have that more in in the in the matt reeves i know we always talk about that but in the matt reeves movie or like in the movies Mm -hmm. like i mean of course more detective work is the main thing but then like yeah these like does theatric the theatricality and deception but right. not in the bat suit like exactly. actually dress up as somebody else or something that'd be pretty cool mm-hmm. anyway continue Ben right, right. so he, he has all these outlets but it's still not enough because he's still this angry kid so this is where I go into an incident that actually is covered in Gotham season one let me let me put a pen in this real quick too so this what's his name Buster what's his name uh, Bar- Barrett Keen yes. Barrett Keen so this guy teaches him how to basically dress up as like a dignitary or whoever the fuck and go to a party and like be that guy. Well, he, t- is that he the taught skill him, set? M- yeah. Makeup disguises. I think Alfred is the one who teaches him the actual acting. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, Barrett Keen is basically mentioned in detective comics Two Twenty Seven. This is around the silver age era. So in that version, they were probably thinking that Batman learned this while he's like in the cowl, sitting in a, like a classroom or something. So like that's, okay. that's how they envisioned it. I'd like to recontextualize it again to make it that he was maybe an actor, fellow actor that Alfred knew who helped out in uh, just helping his friend's adopted son. But it is to impersonate son. somebody and to get to get away with it in the public. Well, I think it was. It, he Bruce is able to use that skill, but it's originally just uh, for the theater to be like, well, oh, maybe Bruce can okay. be like an actor so okay. that he can express his emotions. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Because gotcha. of the fact that like he's such a withdrawn Alfred's child. Alfred's still helping this. the boy. Yes. Master but... Wayne? 
So this all comes Are you a pu- member of the fire brigade? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> An episode of Gotham called The Mask covers a very interesting point where Alfred kind of has to step in in a different way. So in it, Bruce goes back to school after okay. grieving over the loss of his parents and encounters uh, a fellow boy there. It's Tommy Elliot in the show, but it's a little weird to me that that's Tommy Elliot because Tommy Elliot in the comics is supposed to be have been best friends with Bruce. Right. Uh, but whatever. It's In the show, Tommy Elliot is like this disturbed bully who wants to know more and more about death and the deaths of Bruce's parents and specifically okay. how his mom died and uh, Bruce punches him uh, or slaps him and Tommy Elliot in response has him and his posse obviously beat up on Bruce okay. because Bruce doesn't know anything at this point. Okay. So Bruce uh, shows up with bruises to Alfred and Alfred's like, what the hell happened? And Bruce's like, I don't right. want to talk about it. Uh, you know, they beat me. And right. Alfred drives him to the Elliot estate and gives him his father's watch and points to the door in the episode. And Bruce takes the watch uh, and goes up to the door. He knocks on it. Tommy Elliot emerges and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And Bruce is like, we have some unfinished business. And he puts the watch around his knuckles. Okay. And he punches the kid repeatedly until Alfred stops him. I think and I saw this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's one of the best ones in terms yeah. of Bruce's development. And yeah. Tommy Elliot is just like, he tried to kill me. And Alfred's like, that's right. He tried to kill you. And you remember, I almost let him try. And he walks <laughs> okay. away. And so it establishes Alfred as the enabler to be like, I will not stand the fact that this piece of shit kid insulted my friend and his wife. This who is are first now dead. season, right? This is first season. I think I saw this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah it's good. And at the end, Bruce is like, I'm so angry all the time. Will yeah. it ever go away? <laughs> yeah. And Alfred's like, yeah. I don't know. And Bruce looks at him and he's like, Alfred, can you teach me how to fight? And Alfred's uh-huh. like, yes, I can. And he has no idea what he's just started. So right, right, right. It's one of my favorites. So this is where I bring in Gotham a little bit. I think that's a great way to sort of transition Bruce into wanting to fight given that there's a bully character, I like Alfred kind of starting him off on it, but he wouldn't necessarily be, it wouldn't be enough to turn him into the vigilante. We know who knows like a hundred different martial arts. That's the thing. I was just thinking that like, it seems like Alfred may be stereotypical, but just judging by geography and age Mm -hmm. group and all that, he would probably teach fencing, firearms and uh, like Western style boxing. Western style boxing is yeah. pretty much what's covered in the show. Too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Which makes sense. I don't yeah. necessarily see him in the dojo with a gi and teaching, teaching Alfred's, Bruce. Yeah. Alfred's just not that guy. Man. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he's, he's yeah, he's not that guy at all. Uh, but it does That's get us into and all yeah, that shit comes yeah. in. So, we'll cover that soon, but Bruce is there a teacher in Japan too. There will be, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll get there. Oh, yes. uh, Alfred starts taking Bruce around yes, the world, man. and uh, we go into a storyline from... This is from the new Legends of the Dark Knight, uh, number 38 through 40, is where we have like this very young Bruce Wayne, maybe a year or so out from the death of his parents, and they're going all over the world. They Bruce learns some more advanced fighting moves from a courier in London. He goes to Central America, where he uh, watches... He observes like these spider monkeys, and he's reading on like books on lock picking. So he's like he's trying to find all these different interests to deal with his grief. But they go to Thailand, and he ends up rescuing this one girl named Michaela. He kind of develops a crush on her, but Michaela uh, is in trouble because her and her father, she and her father, are in trouble with this sort of corrupt police department. 
and she needs help to reunite with her father. So the whole story is about Bruce and Alfred helping her reunite. And Bruce brings up, like, I want you to teach me how to disappear okay. based off of what I saw what you guys do. The okay. whole, like, disappearing act that Batman's famous for, uh, it's established that he wanted to get training from that. So Bruce actually spends some extra time in Thailand with Michaela and her father to learn how to disappear uh, before they end up taking off and, and leaving the country. Okay. So that's kind of, that's the next step in his development. He returns home. He uh, goes back to trying to learn some more fight stuff and realize he wants to learn more. So this is where I place in his meeting with Ted Grant, who's the greatest, one of the greatest boxers ever. And Bruce goes under a different name and pays him tons of monies for a week, week's worth of lesson just to learn how to take a punch. Okay. And that's established in Robin number 31. It's a flashback where uh, Bruce says that to, to Ted Grant. Okay. And Bruce may or may not know at this point that Ted Grant is secretly the vigilante wildcat. Okay, that's cool. But uh, that's, he's just getting punched by a wildcat. For he's a just week. getting punched by a wildcat when he's like thirteen or so, it's just to like harden his <laughs> internal organs. Yeah, exactly. I've got calluses on my liver. <laughs> so uh, that moves us then into around. He's around fourteen, and he develops his an interest. liver has healed. His liver has then. healed. Uh, his teeth are. He now has the he, those dentures from the Aronofsky Year One script. Veneers been, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that he, I forgot he had dentures out. in that script. Yeah, because remember his teeth are knocked out. God, that's so good. Because <laughs> he smiles and there's no teeth, and then it's, he just it's makes like that moment where he's asleep in the boardroom and and Batman <laughs> begin or Dark Knight. Dark Knight. It's yeah. like it's so realistic and funny, but it's even more gritty because it's you know the teeth. Yeah, it's a certain yeah. grittiness to that real, you know, realism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we <clears throat> now move into the first comic that ever tra- that covered Batman's training, which is the Detective Comics number two twenty six. Okay. And that's where it was. What's a year on this, by the way? Detective Comics two twenty six. Do you have that? Uh, is this like we're talking like eighties, seventies? Oh, we're talking way earlier than that. We are 50s? talking nineteen fifty. Hold on, let me just verify it. He I'm is looking it, it up, everybody. So I thought it would show up now. I was 226 wrong. 226 is... 1955. 1955, the year my mother was born yes. into this world. <laughs> <laughs> my mother was born the year after. The year, Oh, indeed. Mm, yes. Uh, a story written by Edmund Hamilton called When Batman Was Robin. And that's, that's the one cool. that established that Bruce Wayne wore a Robin suit. Now, why did he wear a Robin suit? Well, he wanted to disguise himself because he really wanted the tutelage of a detective in the Gotham City Police Department. I really wanted to fill a draft on my <laughs> above on, my, on knees. my bad legs. My yes. mare, bare legs. <laughs> this is when he didn't even have pantyhose, right? This is whenever he just had, <laughs> he had bare legs and pixie boots. He had pixie boots, bare and legs, that and green some speedo. Green speedo. And he was he was fourteen at the time. We're supposed to be in his teens, so he's a developing boy right now. But he wants to get the attention of this legendary police detective named Detective Harvey Harris. So another Harvey after Harvey Dent okay. and Harvey Bullock, but Bullock wasn't around That's at this true. point. That's uh, true. But he helps. He dons this outfit because he doesn't want this guy to discourage him from learning detective stuff. So he dons this okay. outfit, helps save Detective Harris from a criminal named Stanton, and is like, "Hey, I want to learn from you." And during this whole time, Harris is there's like this back and forth where Harris is trying to figure out Bruce's identity, okay. like who's behind the suit, while. Uh, Robin slash Bruce is trying to find ways to throw him off. Okay. So this is all established in the Silver Age comic. He also learns some more stuff about boxing and fingerprinting from Harris himself. And 
this is also covered in the first volume of the Untold Legend of the Batman, where it's a little bit updated. But at some point, Harris, I'm going to contextualize this again, uh, we find out that Bruce had multiple costumes as a kid before settling on being Batman. This is sort of unknown. So not only was That's he That's pretty Robin, cool. I like that. But he also develops a different persona because the uh, Detective Harris, in my version, sends Bruce slash Robin to investigate something that's going on in Smallville. Okay. So That's a long ways, man. If you're going from, like, what's supposed to be J- New Jersey, maybe? <laughs> to Gotham, Kansas? To Kansas? Yeah. So, I guess Bruce got the money, so whatever. Yeah. World's Finest number 84 yeah. establishes that Bruce goes to high school, or not even... Yeah, goes to, like, early high school with Clark Kent and Lana Lang to sort of investigate the Superboy that's going on. And while he's there, uh, when crime happens, he decides to take on a different persona, and that persona is called the Flying Fox. Okay. So in my version, Bruce decides to take on the Flying Fox persona so that no one connect to, can connect him to the Robin in Gotham. Gotcha. And he's not Batman yet. He's not Again, he's not Batman yet. Again, he's like 14 here. A bat hasn't flown into his window. Right. But he develops a friendship. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. He develops a friendship with that Clark Kent, figures out that he's Superboy. And Superboy. Okay. He's but Superboy. not Superboy. Super, he's a boy before. I gotcha. Yeah. This is when... You know, you can say in the Silver Age it was Superboy when Superman was basically stopping crime as a boy, just, just as a boy. I gotcha. But I gotcha. you could also go with a Smallville post-crisis version where maybe it was just Clark Kent doing stuff with his abilities right. without a costume, and Bruce caught on to it. But either way, Bruce and Clark know each other in this version, and Bruce later on would encounter a killer called the Zodiac Killer, not related to the real-life Zodiac Killer. This is weird. Oh, but man. A Zodiac Killer who appears to be connected to his parents' deaths. So this is where Bruce goes apeshit and changes his persona to the Executioner. <laughs> this like, is in... While, super- while in Kansas. Yes, in this Kansas is why line. it's called Superboy. This is from Superboy number 182. It has Superboy trying to help uh, Bruce who is trying to grapple with his grief and take down the man who he believes killed his parents. He only later on, after taking on this executioner persona, he later on realizes that this is the wrong man, and he ends up, like, he doesn't bring him to justice, but he knows that's not the right guy. Okay. So, this is the weird, this is the very weird Silver Age into Bronze Age period where they had these types of stories of, like, weird-ass continuity where you're just like, wait, Bruce Wayne used to have this other costume and wanted to kill somebody, and Superboy helped stop him? So, that's all weird and shit, but he decides to, you know what, I will... (laughs) I, there's a lot more that I have to learn, so he forges documents allowing him to quit school and leave the country, again, at 14. Right. Uh, and go on this global quest to become a vigilante even further. So Bruce decides to go to very different colleges, as covered in, I think, Detective Comics 574. He goes to Cambridge. He goes to Sorbonne. He goes to the Berlin School of Science. He even goes to Gotham University. But he tries to understand... Bruce goes to several colleges during this time He, because he's dabbling. He's going to Cambridge. He's going to Sorbonne. He's going to Berlin School of Science, even Gotham University. But he's doing this because he wants – he's gotten this taste of vigilantism, right? Okay. So he wants to understand more of the criminal mind and how it works. So he takes courses in criminology and psychology. Now, here's the thing. You don't want Bruce Wayne, rich kid, to have been associated with learning so much about crime because he knows that, like, he can't – He's got to have a different costume. Right. He's got to have this different persona. So he deliberately pretends to be disinterested and bored and falling asleep in classes. Right. In order to pick up this knowledge. And if he ever decides that he has real questions, this is what's covered in Detective Comics 
number 574, he uses the acting skills he learned from Alfred and the makeup skills he learned from Barrett Keane to disguise himself as a different student. Okay. As a nerdy student to then ask for the real meat of the questions. And, and at this story. point, how old is, is Bruce Wayne again? Bruce Wayne is like 15 at this point. 15, I yeah. got you. So Bruce Wayne to the rest of the college is like reeking of money and superiority and nobody likes him, which is just what he wants. But, <laughs> it, you know, then he takes on this persona of this, this nerdy kid trying to ask questions and the professors love him. And if he really wants to gather knowledge, he even uh, practices breaking into the professor's offices. That would be a whole deal, though, like to be a kid coming in. You have to, like, maybe pay somebody to be his parents when he roll, enrolls and shit. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's I mean, a they whole would, process. Yeah, well, no, he would just – he wouldn't enroll himself as a different student. He would just be a different student in the lecture hall who uh, would just be you. auditing or something. And the, the guy wouldn't know the wiser, but he wouldn't, like, enroll This is like a name. rich kid boarding school type situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So – uh, as covered in the Untold Legend of the Batman, at one point he has a professor named Amex Rexford who brings up how the law isn't always adequate Okay, for justice, which kind of plants the seed in Bruce. Maybe I don't become, maybe, you know, maybe this, vigilant, this vigilantism is the way to go and not becoming a police officer or a formal, uh, formal type of law enforcement. Okay. Uh, during the way, he ends up meeting his first love, who is Julie Madison, uh, as established in the comics. It's High school sweetheart. Yes. In Secret Origins number six in the 80s, it's established that he met Julie Madison at college uh, when they were doing a production of Hamlet. Bruce was playing Polonius, and she was like, why don't you play Hamlet? And Bruce is like, I want to play the character roles. Okay. I don't want to play the lead. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I'd rather be in the uh, shadows yeah. playing cool. someone else. So the two end up following in love, but he's kind of too dedicated to his mission to continue his relationship with her. Uh, at these schools, he goes around and starts learning from different people. So he learns uh, about acids from a guy named Weber. He learns about electronics from a guy named Campbell, chemistry from Dr. Kingsley, gymnastics from Peter Allison. And he goes to Austria uh, under the code name John Smith to learn about um, what a great yeah great, <laughs> great code name not really burying the lead there man. <laughs> yeah uh, to he goes to stay with inter, former Interpol agent Aurelius Bach and his wife uh, Mina uh, and this is all covered in a in Batman number four thirty four to four thirty four thirty five that's probably seventies this is like the eighties eighties uh, yeah, yeah but it's a John Byrne story called the Many Deaths of Batman where a lot of Batman's former mentors are getting killed off. And so oh. the guys I just listed are, are the ones who uh, are the victims in that future story. Who's killing them? Uh, well, I will let you know in a bit because <laughs> I have another list of the people involved who are getting killed. So one of those is race car driver Mark Jenner, and then the other guy is demolitions expert Frederick Stone. Now, Frederick Stone... These are all his mentors. Yeah, Frederick yeah. Stone teaches him bombs and demolitions, which is how Batman right. can do those those explosives <clears throat> and also learn how to do it without killing people. Okay. So, Stone teaches him, quote-unquote, the art of the triple insert maneuver. Uh, I don't know what that is, but it's kind of, it sounds cool, but he does that in... the in, Triple insert. Yes, in demolitions, huh. and it's later revealed when Bruce becomes Batman, he tries that, and Frederick Stone realizes that... Uh, oh my god, I trained Batman, which means that I'm in danger because people will try to come after me. Uh, this guy's clearly paranoid. So then he starts killing off all the teachers that this guy was connected to. So that he could 
drive Batman out of the shadows a little bit more so it's easier to catch Batman? Like, well, what's the point it, of it was killing the teachers, it, it's really? It's so that he can uh, f- sort of fake his own death when it, within it. It's, oh, it's almost... It, it's, gotcha. To be honest, he could have just faked his own death without killing anybody, but whatever. I didn't write the story. But <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> Stone, well, you're also talking about mental illness when you're talking about Batman villains. Yeah, that's true. For so the most Frederick part. Stone, so maybe you could get away with that in, yeah. on that level. So Stone is like one of the guys who is probably the first mentor to turn villain along okay, yeah. who we've covered so far. I actually like, never even thought about that, yeah. man. Like having a, a mentor go go rogue. I mean, that's what we saw in Batman Begins. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> so, that is true. Never mind. Uh, but he's the first. I have of thought those. about it. I haven't thought about it in a while. <laughs> We've seen it. Uh, let's see. He yeah. learns crossbow and marksmanship from an Italian champ named Raphael de Guardia, who will also end up getting killed by Frederick Stone later on. Bodybuilding from a bodybuilding legend named LaSalle. Knife <laughs> handling. We used to make this joke back in Superhouse in, yeah. in, in the actual college days where it would be like, Alfred would be like, uh, sir, the the back signal is up, and then Bruce is <laughs> doing like fucking um, what do you call it? Uh, bench press in the back cave. <laughs> Just a couple more sets, Alfred. He's always he's always jacked in the comics. Yeah, especially in the nineties, I think. Yeah, yeah. When there was a time by... where they all were drawn. Oh yeah, super jacked. I feel like that Those right now they're a little types. bit more realistic, slightly, yeah. mm-hmm. but like. God, just yeah, they were they were just drawn super jacked. Before. Oh yeah, steroidal. It doesn't look like he's drunk any water in days either. Because yeah, yeah, how yeah. much everything, yeah, how yeah, much yeah. muscles showing. Some yeah. Henry Cavill Witcher, yeah. no water drinking <laughs> regimen. You heard about that shit? Uh yeah. I've Three days also, without water or some shit. I've done one day without it beforehand, and that in itself is hell. Yeah, so fuck that shit. Yeah, it's you need like somebody on set to make sure that you're okay. Yeah, right. Or something like Hugh Jackman did that for the Wolverine as well. Yeah, and it shows it's, off, but also I'm just like, it's only like a five minute scene. Like, <laughs> it's just it's it's a five minute scene. It's going to be seen all over the world. You know, like I yeah. get it in a way, but it's like, yeah, this is not something that everybody can do. You know, like yeah. these guys are in a particular situ- uh, situation in their lives, mm-hmm. but people want to emulate that shit. Anyway, yeah. it's a huge tangent. Yeah. Let's see. Bodybuilding from a legend named LaSalle. Knife handling from uh, an American teacher whose name is not identified in the comics. So I covered all the people who are covered in The Many Deaths of Batman. Um, he later tries to learn basics in escape, escapology, or um, That's cool. escaping from stuff from a man named Max Dodge. Like Houdini type. Yeah, a Houdini type who's kind of like a low-rent Houdini type. He's not quite the caliber of Zatara, who we'll cover yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Max Dodge will later get captured by the Riddler into creating a death trap for Batman that Batman can't get out of. Okay. And when Batman is in the trap, Dodge recognizes who's under the cowl. Okay. And how he does it. And the set that the trap that he set up was the one that he deliberately didn't teach Bruce how to get out of. Okay. And he realizes that if he doesn't do something, Batman's gonna die. Okay. So he yells out, kid, it's this. And Batman does it. And Max Dodge basically sacrifices his life because Riddler kills him for doing that. Okay. Um, but that's his, like, redemption for helping Riddler is telling Batman how to get out of it. Okay. Uh, so that is covered from a uh, from Batman Gotham Knight number 29 in the black and white insert at the end. Uh, so that's the, where Max Dodge is covered. And uh, he also starts learning the beginning of Kung Fu from the greatest martial artist of DC Comics who doesn't wear a costume named uh, Richard Dragon. Richard Dragon. Yes. Who is a white dude, of course. 
<laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The '70s, everybody probably needs to be recast, <laughs> but uh, it's like a whole Iron Fist situation going on there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Richard Dragon number seven has a flashback <laughs> with, uh, oh, dude. with that where he Bruce Wayne comes in and doesn't give him his name and he my sidekick Chop Saki Chop yeah exactly <laughs> some Chinese guy in the corner just being like oh the guy yeah the, the sidekick is Chinese but yes, not the lead course. white guy of course of course yeah yeah he's yeah. not as good as the white guy of course never. Um, even though it's of Chinese art, but whatever. Anyway, so it's established that when Bruce is 16 during a summer break, he receives training uh, on Mount. I'm going to butcher this. Con- I'm going to be disgraced to my race, but I'm going to try to say it anyway. Queen Chang. Spell it. Q I N G C H E N G. Q I is usually chi. Chi. Actually, I don't fucking don't, like, dude, I'm hold on, let me read Asian. it. Let me hold on one second. <laughs> I want to read this on his computer. Actually, everybody. <laughs> Ching Chang, probably. It's literally called Ching Chang, dude. I mean, I don't want to sound racist, but look, look again. It's the spelling is Q Q I N G C H E N G. So right. I know it sounds racist, but it looks like Ching Chang. It goes to Mount Ching look, Chang look. in China. <laughs> Holy shit! Look, I uh. mean, obviously those words exist in some degree. Yeah, I know. I or know. another with the tones. You don't. Chinese. You don't have to justify. I excuse yeah. it. I'm the yeah. Asian of this podcast. So you have a problem with, <laughs> with me excusing that? Can go but fuck yourself. Reason is, yeah, please do. But like with the QI, so Chi Chi Gong Kung Fu or something. You ever heard yes. of that? That's usually yes. that's spelled with QI. Yeah, yeah. Qi Gong. Yeah, so that's what I'm yeah. thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Well, on Mount Ching Chang. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You uh, said it, not me, brother. Well, that time anyway. Bruce receives training from Chu Chin Li. Um. Where he teaches him the more refined martial arts, he teaches him some tightrope walking. You teaches him to withstand pain through acupuncture. So this okay. comes from a flashback in Detective Comics number five ninety nine, where Bruce is sitting down and his body is full of needles. Yeah. And Chu Chin Lee is there t- telling him that this is about how much pain that we he can withstand. Uh, side note: This story was written by Sam Ham, who wrote the Batman oh, nineteen eighty nine cool. draft. Uh, and this was written for his I, 50th anniversary. At this point in the story, I need a scene like uh, Bruce has a super logical Western mind, and then there's like some mention of chi or some <laughs> sort of like, you know, like Eastern woo mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I right. mean, you know what I mean? Like a, a supernatural ish kind of thing. And then. Uh, he says something like, I don't believe in that crap, and yeah. then he just gets hit on the head or something <laughs> by, the, by the Chinese master. This could have happened. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> this could have happened. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. With Chu Chin Li. Yeah. But he considers Bruce to be one of his best pupils, but he does need to learn more mindfulness. And uh, Bruce expresses interest in more detective work, so lo and behold, Chu Chin Li recommends, well, why don't you go to Detective Harvey Harris in America? By mindfulness, you mean like more than like mind your footing in uh, Batman Begins? You're talking about something else, right? Uh, as far as in like terms of meditation. Knowing what's going on around you, yeah. being aware of things, general I think awareness. So. Yes, yeah. uh, I'd say so. So he travels, to learn mindfulness, he travels to a remote wilderness to train for a full year with a master called the Memory of the Mountain. This is wow, covered name. in Batman Rebirth Annual Number Two. Sounds learning. like so they're fucking looking at crystals and shit. Yeah, maybe just doing fucking New Age shit all the time. He's learning thing. to encode his sen- own senses onto the mind and be in like this trance-like state. 
Um, That's interesting. During this tenure, Bruce often steals cigarettes for his master who loves to smoke. <laughs> so he steals okay. cigarettes, and that's where Bruce sort of disguises himself further to do so. So there's more of him putting his disguises in the field even more so than when he was in college. Uh, and by the end of the year, apparently Bruce has exceeded his master in okay. being able to encode his senses, which I kind of find hard to believe after only one year, but whatever. He is <laughs> now he's not a great master to begin with. <laughs> he wasn't that great of a master to <laughs> clearly. But uh, he remembers that Chu Chin Lee recommended Bruce go back to Harvey Harris. Okay. So, which leads us to the next story from Detective Comics Annual Number 2, which was an updated post-crisis version of how Bruce got training from Harvey Harris. Okay. Uh, now, in this version, uh, Harvey Harris is meeting Bruce for the first time, and Bruce is 17 years old. However, okay. if I'm putting this all into everything as canon, Bruce also got training from Harvey Harris when he was a 14-year-old dressed as Robin. So okay. Bruce shows up, and Harvey doesn't recognize him. How do you explain this? Well, that's where our friend, who we covered several episodes ago, comes in by the name of The Shadow. Oh, the, wow. Okay, yeah. you're throwing this in. So I'm throwing this in where oh just like God. maybe sometimes it wasn't actually who he thought he was being taught by. Maybe sometimes he was actually being taught by the shadow. Okay. So I would presume this is actually the real Harvey Harris and the Harvey Harris that he was learning vigilantism from, who was okay with him wearing a costume in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Like why would some random Gotham City cop be okay with this kid right. being in a costume unless he was also somebody in a costume? So now it's, it's almost like the... Like, think about the scene where Batman hears the Joker's laugh for yeah. the first time. Mm -hmm. Maybe in this scenario, at first, it might be, maybe even reminds me of the Shadow's laugh. Potentially, but I think the Shadow doesn't reveal himself as the Shadow. He's always in these different disguises okay. throughout. Yeah. So I would say, to make this continuity make sense, the previous Harvey Harris was actually the Shadow, and that makes more sense in terms of why he would be okay with Bruce being dressed up, because the Shadow's trying to groom him to be his successor. Okay. So... What actually happens with the real Harvey Harris, as covered in Detective Comics Annual Number Two, is that he's in Huntsville, Alabama, where he's hey, pretending to be. I went to space camp there. <laughs> really? Nineteen ninety-four, <laughs> some shit like that. Well, I have video and VHS somewhere of me. Did you encounter the KKK? Because apparently Bruce encounters them in this story. No, okay. well, I'm sure they're around. <laughs> Although there's a lot of NASA around there, so I would like to think <laughs> that that part of Alabama is a little bit better than other parts. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently yeah. Bruce encounters it. So under the false name of Frank Dixon, Bruce uh, is the understudy to Harvey Harris, and they're investigating these multiple murders that uh, get traced back to a serial killer uh, and, for, and KKK member named Ben Carr. And uh, Harvey Harris ends up getting killed by okay. Mr. Carr, and Harris reveals that he knows that Frank is actually Bruce Wayne, and he warns him, don't let your emotions get the better of you. Okay. And uh, Bruce makes sure to bring the real killer to justice. Uh, and before leaving Huntsville, Bruce makes sure to break into the police department and steal all photos of himself. Okay. So that this is him being paranoid, but making sure that nobody can trace Bruce Wayne to his actual training. Right. Which is kind of cool. Uh, let's see. So after stealing all these photos of himself, apparently uh, Bruce starts learning and earns a pilot license around 18. He learns airplane mechanics, repair, engineering, how to skydive, how to use a parachute. This is all important for when he uses the Batwing. Dude, I, you know, you see it in the movies, but it's just like, 
this really is just a shitload of skills. <laughs> yeah. You know, that you have to <laughs> you have to be really good at, you know? It seems so easy in the movies and then like when you actually do it, you're just like, Wow, okay, like somebody who would need to know all this. Kevin Smith would talks about like he, he sleeps four hours a night because that's what he read that how much Batman sleeps. <laughs> Yeah, that can't be healthy. Which is not healthy at well, all. Also, but this is a fake sleeps. character. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they, that's but that's how they you can kind of rationalize how they have he has all the time to do all this shit. Yeah. Also, he only sleeps four hours a night because at night he's that's when he's mostly working. That's that's true. Also, four hours during the day, maybe. Maybe two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Grant Morrison in one of his first issues of his run has the actual schedule where it's like. He sleeps in until like two p.m. and then he like works out and then he goes to the back cave. So that is ready. interesting. He writes an actual schedule out in that run. Yeah, well, not like that too detail, but he has the times for what's oh, happening. It's a, like it's just like one page. That's pretty cool. Of like him waking up in the afternoon and then him working out and then him being in the back cave to prepare for going out that night. Remember when you said like he didn't have where where Bruce Wayne wasn't that good at um, shooting firearms. Yes, that or at, mm-hmm. at least it wasn't. He wasn't as he didn't excel at it as much as he did everything else. Mm-hmm. Is so if that's like a weak point. Is it generally written that he's better at like striking than kicking, or like is oh, or, or nice. judo over over karate, or like is he is there like a certain skill set he's better at? That's a very good question, actually. There's not... Because of the nature of these comics, I don't think anybody's really thought that through. Yeah. They just, like... It's already a given that yeah, he's, yeah. like, so one of these master martial arts. He's good at everything. Yeah, just about, exactly. Yeah. But I do think that's more interesting if he d- is up against a mentor-type character who's just, like, you always failed at, like, this one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at least in one run, because, I mean, ev- all of these are sort of, in their own way, a thought experiment. Yeah. Like, to... To have it where he's like maybe bad at shooting guns, mm-hmm. but his best thing is like actually not fighting. But it, although he's good at that, yeah. But like maybe the the smoke bomb, the bomb stuff, or something. I don't know. Yeah, some shit like that, or yeah. escape bombs and escaping, something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Bruce is now eighteen. <laughs> so ah, yes, yes. He's ah, ready to fuck. He goes back to Gotham because <laughs> he's missed his friends like Harvey. Uh, and everybody, and this is where I bring in a recent book. It's a young adult book called Batman Nightwalker. And okay. it covers Bruce Wayne at 18. And there's this rising crime in Gotham because of these gangs called the Nightwalkers. Okay, cool name. And uh, Bruce ends up trying to stop one of them and endangers himself and gets in trouble with the police. So the police say, hey, you have to do community service. Uh, and so his community service is within Arkham Asylum. Okay. And helping out the asylum. So this is where he knows the ins and outs of Arkham, which pays off later on when he's Batman, because sometimes he just sneaks in there to like interrogate Two-Face or something. Okay. And while he's there, he ends up meeting one of the Nightwalkers herself, a girl named Madeline. And Madeline kind of has this Hannibal Lecter-type role in the story of helping him out, but you're not really sure what her motivation is. A girl Hannibal Lecter? Yeah, a girl a Hamilton, woman Hannibal yeah, Lecter. Lecter. Uh, and Bruce ends up helping out in stopping the Nightwalkers by the end, but that sort of reinvigorates his love for trying to help the city, and he decides to use his detective work, and finally, now that he's a man, go after who (laughs) killed his parents years ago. So this is where I bring in the New 52, and the Dark Knight number zero is where it covers that at 18, Bruce tracks down uh, this homeless man who was in the alley when his parents were killed. Okay. And asks him who did it. 
and he figures out that the killer was a man named Joe Chill. Okay. Of and course. He believes since it's the New Fifty Two, he also wonders if there's some sort of conspiracy. If like Chill was hired, if Chill was hired by the Court of Owls. By the way, Joe like Chill is like his gangster name. Uh, yeah, his his real name is supposed to be Joseph Chilton. Okay, okay. <laughs> Chilton. Right. Okay. Because in another version, I didn't really cover this because it's not really part of the training, but there was this wild story where Bruce was raised by his Wolves. Uncle Phil. No, his, his Uncle Philip. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> you see, kids, that was a very popular show in the 90s. Well, Uncle Phil... <laughs> was traveling a lot, so he left him in the care of his housekeeper, Alice Chilton. And Alice Chilton <laughs> kind of had the Alfred role at the time because Alfred didn't raise Bruce in, in the pre-crisis era. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was says that he was raised by Alice Chilton, not knowing that Alice Chilton <laughs> was the mother of Joe Chill. This is not really used that much anymore, though, right? This is not... People forget about this part. This it's, is like that Star Wars thing where it's like, <laughs> it's a whole city, a whole galaxy, but everybody knows each other. You are a Palpatine. Yeah, yeah. So, Spoilers, man. I Jeez. left this one... Yeah, it's, it's, we're releasing this in 2020. Yeah, it's true. You had your time. You, If you wanted to see it, you've seen it. If you don't give a shit, then you still don't know what we're talking about. Right. So Maybe you've seen it and don't give a shit. Yeah, potentially. So yeah, he confronts Joe Chill with a gun. And he's like, hey, like, cause I know he had that previous uh, feeling of like, hey, I don't want to necessarily take a life. That idea hasn't quite sunk in yet. Okay. So he wants to find out who killed or who ordered the hit on his parents. And so he confronts Chill. And in The Dark Knight number zero, Joe Chill is this homeless dude who's like, I didn't know it was the Waynes. I just wanted the pearls. Like, I just wanted the money. And right. Bruce is like, no, like there was, there's a conspiracy. You were hired, and Chill was like, no. I actually think I read this comic. Yeah, he thinks it's a bigger story there, but it's really yeah. not. And he has to, yeah, he, yeah, it's not as big of yeah. a deal that he was thinking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Bruce, of course, throws away the gun and decides, it's not as epic. Yeah, decides to yeah. go around the world to find a new purpose. So yeah. I incorporate <laughs> yeah. this yeah. because. Uh, in the old comics, when they first brought in Joe Chill, when Bill Finger first brought that in, it always struck me as weird that, like, okay, uh, Batman encounters Joe Chill? You're telling me that this whole time, the world's greatest detective just never thought, hey, maybe I should investigate my parents' murder. Right. It makes more sense to do it before he even becomes Batman. And yeah, for sure. Confrontation. That's with the that number guy. one deal. Yeah, yeah. If the confrontation with seeing that, with seeing, I thought this guy was the face of evil. Yeah. But it turns out he's just like they, they did. They covered a similar scene in Gotham. Hey everybody, it's Andrew. I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop, RetroCo. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, please go to RetroCo.com. That's Retro-KO.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to RetroCo.com, you can also go to Facebook.com slash RetroCo with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for 
that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European. Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please, go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. So in this instance, you have... He, he figures it out. He knows his Joe Chill by the time he's 18. Yeah. So that's already pretty much done. Yeah. But that'd be kind of cool because it's like, even though I figure this out, I still have this desire lingering in me yeah to to pursue crime mm-hmm. etc and it's like and then and then he's confronted like story wise internal arc wise uh where do i go from here yeah i thought this would have gone away by exactly. now but it's i still have it in me yeah and he's yeah. like maybe i need to attack what created him in the first place so gotham covered a very similar scene <laughs> that's 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 yeah. good yeah. that's that's not a throwaway line van that's really good yeah uh, yeah yeah okay sorry i'll create yeah I'll, rewind that 30 yeah. seconds everybody on your ipod <laughs> thing <laughs> Or say it again. He goes after what created Joe Chill in the first place. Yes, there we go. Uh, but he, the very similar scene happened in Gotham where he confronted his parents' killer, and it's a, it's probably the best scene in the whole series where he confronts him with a gun, and uh, the Joe Chill character. He's not called Joe Chill in it, but um, it's the same type of character, and he's like, "Kill me, I'm a monster." Okay. And Bruce says, uh, "I wish you were a monster, <laughs> but you're just a man." Okay. And he drops the gun and he leaves, and the guy picks up the gun and he kills himself. I don't know if I need oh, that man. element, but yeah. I like Bruce making that choice. Yeah. Uh, and it's at the end of that episode that Bruce writes a letter to Alfred being like, I need to go out and learn stuff. There's more about the world I need to know. and I can't. But I've learned that you can't kill murder. You can't, like, right. use killing to solve things because it clearly didn't solve anything when I confronted the actual guy. Right, So right, this right. is where the no-kill rule kind of comes in. This is also sort of covered in Begins, even though he's a lot older. It's the whole, like, you kill it. a murderer, there's still the same amount of murderers left in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, they always attribute that to Batman, but... They, I don't think he ever actually said that. I think that's just, like, an internet meme thing. Yes, yes, exactly. My favorite I mean, is Red Hood's response, where he's just like, well, what if I kill, like, a lot of murderers? <laughs> <laughs> You what about that? <laughs> you know what? The logic checks out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, so he decides to go around the world. So he goes to Asia, of course. Oh, you got to. Yeah. He, in, my, some, in my world, you have to. At some point, he trains with some Shaolin monks in Tibet. So that's shown in Secret Origins to. number two in, in the New 52. Um, but he starts volunteering, especially because, like, he feels like a need to redeem himself. In my version, to contextualize this, he feels a need to redeem himself after almost killing Joe Chill. Okay. So he starts volunteering with doctors in India to treat people. Um, this could connect with internally with with his dad being a doctor. Well, yeah, a little bit of that too. But this connects to uh, a movie we haven't seen yet, but it is covered slightly a little bit. I won't give too much away, but we do see some of his training in Gotham Knight, which is the animated show, uh, the animated movie that's kind of like the Animatrix that's supposed to take place between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Gotcha. So it covers that at some point... During his time, presumably after he threw the gun away uh, on Joe Chill in the movie, Mm -hmm. uh, he goes off and ended up in India, and he wants to receive training to sort of minimize his pain and control it because all the previous masters have told him that you're, you're too confronted, you're too dominated by this. So he meets a man named Cassandra who sort of advances his training in 
pain endurance that he learned from Chu Chin Lee. So he's like, he's sleeping on a bed of needles, standing on hot coals without reacting. Uh, and one night, um, <clears throat> there's a confrontation where Bruce has to step in and use his fire. Is there any kind of like Buddhist meditation type of shit that this like, is where he learned to help him out with not just fighting but ha- dealing with his anger? I yeah. always thought those scenes are cool, you know? Yeah, this is where yeah. he, he's to learn that so that he's not emotionally compromise when he's out there because like yeah, yeah we, exactly. we associate batman with being angry but we also know that he's not recklessly angry like this is honestly like the timeline's a little bit different in the dark knight trilogy but like just as an example uh obviously later in his career too but when he first fights bane he's so angry yeah of course and he gets handed <laughs> to him. he's like him up. <laughs> he's like definitely like <laughs> you know screaming his head off which is kind of cool i mean i like batman being angry it's kind of cool to see him fucking rage out a little bit yeah and we see that with joker too but, but it's it's cool that yeah. he loses obviously you got to lose the fight in the beginning anyway yeah but but like i don't know yeah i, th- I thought that was cool like i always like that kind of shit where it's like you got to you're not going to win if you fucking lose to anger every time yeah you know? exactly so uh, this is in a segment called Working Through Pain in Gotham <laughs> Night. Uh, very good title. And uh, basically, a few men come to harass Cassandra and Bruce steps in the only way that he knows how to. But that feels like that's the uh, that's the breaking point for Cassandra. like, you can't, I can't, uh, I can't help you if that's what you're going to do. Okay. So, uh, but Bruce has ended up learning different yoga or types of meditation, different mm-hmm. techniques to lower his blood pressure or heart rate body temperature uh but he'll keep practicing this throughout his time uh he eventually ends up with uh going to a man named shastri or something as a snake handler uh and he learns this in the some more of the esoteric arts but that shastri is also appears in the many deaths of batman as the sort of one mentor who batman ends up saving <laughs> uh okay in this. so okay lucky him it's his Eth- what's his eth- ethnicity? I guess it doesn't really matter that well, much. Well, he's but... wearing a turban in it. So. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, all right. Uh, it's, that's that's about it because Batman actually disguises himself as Shastri, which okay. is kind of problematic now because that means that he does the whole, you know, brown face thing, but he does it to save a man's life, so I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like, you have to, what do you call it, like, uh, impersonate another person, but if that other person is another race, you're obviously getting into... <laughs> Some, some yeah, but you're trying to save there. someone's life that's here. That's true, that's true. <laughs> you're not that's trying true. to do it for a movie. That's true. Uh, let's see. So now he's Bruce Wayne is 19. This guy has already had a way more interesting adolescence than any of us on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes to sure. Rio de Janeiro, spends six weeks learning how to stunt dra- drive from an international criminal named Don Miguel. This was covered in a... Wow, Brazil, um, huh? Yeah, in Batman number 21 in a flashback in terms of, like, how did Bruce learn how to drive the Batmobile? That's cool. Uh, he so, definitely, definitely needs that, like, demolition driving kind of shit. Yeah, because, yeah. like, it's not enough to just know how to drive. How do you drive the fucking Batmobile? Yeah, yeah. So he bases it off of what he learns from Don Miguel, and uh, his final test is driving the getaway car. Okay, yeah. And Bruce drives him through, but Bruce turns the tables on Don Miguel where he's just like, uh, you committed all these crimes that include the deaths of these officers, yeah. and you're not going to get away with it. So he knocks out Don Miguel and leaves the car and escapes. And so the cops That's come, cool. and they arrest Don Miguel, but Bruce gets away scot-free. So uh, he has to sort of kind of get into the crime world. Yeah, it's kind of like what it's pretty heavy in, in Begins, where he's yeah. like, you know, you did you, you know, you had to learn how to become criminals. A yeah, criminal in I order mean, to that whole montage is awesome, especially that line where he says something to the effect of, 
you know, I I had to rethink what crime was when I had to learn to when I mm-hmm. learned to steal to eat. Yes. You know, like yeah. damn, dude, we're <laughs> when I heard that line, I was like, damn, we're getting there. Yeah. This is yeah. great. Yeah. You so know? with the fact that he's almost killed Joe Chill and he trained with a criminal, known criminal Don Miguel, it does make sense that we throw in something that was established in Denny O'Neill's uh, The Man Who Falls, which is the idea that Bruce flirted with the idea, uh, idea of joining the FBI. Okay. Thinking that, okay, maybe I should try this by the book route. I've been thinking of going, you know, bending the rules and everything, but I don't know. My conscience doesn't feel clear from consorting with all these criminals. So he tries to enroll in the FBI around 20. Uh, they, they're just like, well, your college stuff isn't great because of all the times that he dabbled and they don't realize that he arguably did way better in school than anyone else there. He just didn't yeah. do it through the formal means. But an FBI agent named Arthur McKee is said to have been the one to teach him the importance of the different uh, criminal, a- criminal aliases. McKee apparently has had uh, time to, or has time in the field as an undercover agent. So McKee's the one who ends up teaching him um, a little bit more about how it's like to go undercover as a criminal. So okay. that's established in Batman number 589. McKee's just mentioned he's never seen. Uh, let's see. He also st- sneaks into the coroner's office to study bu- bullet wounds while on the job. Uh, that incident is covered in uh, Batman Gotham Knight number one in a flashback. Uh, sort cool. of a creepy, eerie thing for him to do, but whatever. It's I in mean, there. it's going to be part of his job, or at least he... Yeah. At this point, though, he's... It- it seems like he just has all these interests, or he, there is a plan to kind of, kind of combine it all he, into something. He does want to fight crime. He's just not sure the best means to do it. He's just doing right all now. this shit. So he's trying yeah. to learn as much as he can for when he's ready, for when he has everything, all his shit together, basically. I gotcha, yeah. So yeah. he can't seem to get marksmanship down, so after s- spending <laughs> six weeks of doing paperwork, <laughs> yeah. he's like, you know what, I, I have to work outside the system. And he remembers... He's to throw a boomerang than it is to <laughs> shoot a gun yes so he remembers what that one law professor taught him years ago that the law and justice don't always gel together so he's like all right i'm not gonna be an fbi agent anymore so after spending time away from the fbi when he's like 20 years old he goes to las vegas to some old family friends of his family uh of the wayne family the zataras okay. so that's where he meets well he doesn't meet but he reunites with john zatara uh former uh, superhero in himself, but who and used this magic? Is in Gotham or s- fucking somewhere in the Middle this East? Is or? Vegas, Vegas. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> he's he's a magician. The yeah. of areas in the yes. whole world. And of course, uh, John Zatara's lovely daughter Zatanna, uh, and Bruce attempts to disguise himself under John Smith again. Uh, but obviously Zatara and Zatanna see through it. So. By the way, I am really surprised how popular Zatanna is. Like, she seems to be, like, that's going to be the next, like, female DC thing, probably. I'm surprised they haven't tried that yet. Like, it's, I mean, like, the thing is, like, Poison Ivy's probably pretty big, too. She's a villain in Batman's world. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, yeah, we're we're probably going to get that announcement in the next few months here. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like, a ton of movie or fucking at least a HBO Max show. Let's let's be Mm -hmm. honest, DC Universe is going to be subsumed soon. Or whatever the word is. <sighs> I gotta read as many comics as I can off of that site before. <laughs> I have the down. same service, just be part of a bigger deal. Yeah, I know, seriously. It'll be the probably more than likely be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the whole Bruce trying to disguise himself as John Smith thing, that comes from the very first instance of them tying Batman to Zatara in the episode Zatana 
in Batman the Animated Series. Uh, but a lot of what is about to happen here comes from Detective Comics Rebirth, uh, 959 through 961, where um, Bruce undergoes a lot of the training in the art of stage magic and escaping. So stuff like right. what Max Dodge taught him, but more... Uh, leveled up. Le- esoteric leveled kind up. Yeah. of shit. Yeah, but also trying to teach him more esoteric stuff, more magic sleight of hand, which Bruce doesn't quite believe in, of course, because he's logic very logical. brain, yeah. 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 So Zatanna's like, well, let me prove it to you. So she takes Bruce through a portal and gives him a tour of the magic collection and tries to basically show him all this occult type shit yeah, that Bruce yeah, is just yeah. not ready for. It's like uh, the, the Doctor Strange of DC, yeah. basically, kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have Bruce just not, he's curious about it. He wants to learn more, but they end up getting interrupted in the comic by Zatara himself, who apparently is in the middle of meeting with somebody trying to recruit him into the league of assassins. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, we go. uh, Zatara is like, hold on a second to his guest and scolds Zatanna for showing Bruce, uh, all this stuff. So he immediately mind wipes Bruce, making him forget he ever saw it. And just for like that day. Yeah, just for that day, yeah. of course. Uh, not the whole time. Otherwise, we yeah. need to redo everything. <laughs> yeah, that, talk about a lot of No wonder he has so much skill. training afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he forgot damn. it all. So thanks to Zatara. Uh, but anyways, the Dazed and Confused Bruce gets escorted out by Zatanna, where he accidentally bumps into Zatara's guest, Raz al Ghul. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, and they're on good terms. Well, Roz is trying to recruit Zatara. Uh, oh, Zatara, but Zatara is not having it. Refusing, okay. Yeah. Because and, of the reputation. Yeah, and Roz well. takes note of this mysterious boy who's there. Okay. So, uh, ultimately, Bruce learns, uh, he learns a little bit of ventriloquism, which comes in handy in, like, one Paul Dini issue where he throws his voice to pretend that, you know, uh, he's somewhere else. Yeah, so that's I, can, cool. I could see that as a uh, fitting into the escape arts as well. Yeah. Like if you're stuck somewhere and you want somebody to go in another direction, mm-hmm. following a voice. Yeah, I, I could actually I could see that working. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah. where he learns the whole criminals are superstitious and cowardly lot that I have to. <laughs> you, uh, you have the exact time that he starts saying. Well, this, yeah, yeah this is kind of where good, I adopted. Yeah, where he's like, I I can use what I learned from the Zataras and stage magic to uh, play off of their fears. Right. Uh, so let's see. So he ends up. He's told. By the ancient, uh, he's told about this ancient demon called Etrigan. Oh yeah, and ends up seeking out Jason Blood, uh, who is the host body for the demon Etrigan. But he ends up teaching him more about fear tactics and demonology. Now this seems like a weird tangent because it's just like, wait a minute, he learned from an actual demon dude. But this is covered in Detective Comics Rebirth nine ninety eight, so I'm not making this shit up. Rebirth 998? Uh, well, or Rebirth... kept with the numbers. Rebirth... St- when Rebirth happened to Detective Comics, they didn't redo... Redo- they didn't do any renumbering. Oh, they I kept didn't, it going. Because okay. they wanted to keep it going to issue 1000. That's how we had oh, Detective yeah. Comics 1000. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, earlier this year. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. that'd be a shit ton of issues once Rebirth that's, started. That's true. It's like, damn, they're prolific. So he goes to uh, New Mexico to train with Zatara's counterpart, another... Uh, costume showman another master escape artist named mr miracle now this is not the uh apocalypse new gods version of mr miracle this is thaddeus brown who's the earlier version of it so that is mentioned in detective comics rebirth thaddeus brown thaddeus brown (laughs) so at this point batman should be an expert in escaping from shit because he's got three different masters three different masters in this plus all this occult shit from jason blood right so 
he takes on the persona of Frank Dixon again to shadow uh, Harvey Harris's colleague in dete- in private detective stuff, Dan Mallory in Chicago. This is covered in Batman Chronicle number six, where uh, Dan advises him always look for the shoes because okay. that's where a lot of the, sh- the clues are. And uh, Bruce uses his preliminary knowledge in sticking to the shadows in order to save Dan Mallory's life. Okay. So uh, that's Batman Chronicle number six. So again, this is more training in terms of the detective aspect. How, about how old is he at this point? He 20? is 20 at this 20. point. Okay. Uh, so he goes around seeking more mentors. At 20, he goes to Afghanistan and begins training with uh, a military inventor who's Russian. I don't know why he had to go to Afghanistan for it, but a, mil- a Russian military inventor named Sergei. I'm sure there's Russians in fucking Afghanistan, dude. Yeah, I know, but I'm just like... Going on right now is <laughs> politics. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely Syria. Yeah, this is when Bruce was 20. It's not now. Yeah, yeah. Presumably... I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got you. he studies computer science, computer engineering, robotics... Code breaking. This is where he learns the invention shit. Okay. He learns it from Sergei, as established in the New Fifty Two in uh, Batman Number Twenty Two. An ex Chernobyl scientist. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then on his final day of training, Sergei, uh, for Bruce's twenty first birthday, he traps Bruce inside a room inside the Sphinx, and says that if you don't find an inventive way to get out, you will die in here. Damn. <laughs> so Bruce has to use his ingenuity to come up with an invention to break out. And, of course, he's pissed at Sergei, but Sergei is like, did you feel it? The rush, the adrenaline of the idea. Not necessarily that you were going to die, but the idea, the realization that you had to improvise to go outside of your rigid mindset in order to survive. That's cool. That's what I wanted to teach you. So This whole like escape thing from the Sphinx is in the comic? This is in that's the cool. New 52. That's cool. Uh, dete- oh, not Detective. Uh, Batman number 22. <clears throat> that's pretty sweet. I so, like that. That's cool. The fucking Bruce Wayne and the fucking Sphinx, dude. That's yeah, pretty man. epic. So, yeah, it, it ends with him giving him this lesson in front of the Sphinx. So, it's pretty cool. So, uh, obviously, they're not in Afghanistan at that point. They're in Egypt. What yeah, the fuck? definitely in Egypt. Why did they say they're in Afghanistan? They meet okay, anyway. Afghanistan, maybe, and then move to Egypt. <laughs> I guess that's so, a, yeah. That's, that's the, <clears throat> what I had in my mind. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, Batman number 605 or... No, no, not that one. I think it's 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 uh, Batman Shadow of the Bat number zero references that Bruce learned Savate from a killer who was a beach bum it's a French martial on an island off of Borneo yeah Savat maybe actually I'm not sure how you pronounce that Savat Savate Savat either way it is French maybe it is Savate Uh, I I have combined this with the possibility that this beach bum is David Kane now David Kane is a convicted killer who is an assassin and member of the League of Assassins when does he learn the Casey fighting method Uh, never, because I don't like that. <laughs> he learned that on the set of Batman Begins. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> or he learns it from Ra's al Ghul later on. But, yeah, exactly. He's uh, got ninja swords, but Casey fighting method. Kane does teach him the perfect reading of body language in a fight, or that his own That's language cool. is... Cool. Yeah, his own language is violence, in terms of Kane. So, Bruce refuses to become a killer, and Kane decides to move him into the next... But, um, Kane's like, he has potential... So Kane decides he's going to. This is me contextualizing again. Kane decides I'm going to help recruit him into the League of Assassins. Okay. So he decides to recommend him to Master Karigi in Korea. So okay. Master Karigi is uh, first shows up in Batman number four thirty one. He was also in The Man Who Falls. He's also in um, a DLC for Arkham Origins called Initiation that covers Bruce Wayne's training. Uh, and Karigi is the one in the comics 
who has the monastery on the mountain that Bruce has to walk up all the way up to. And Those mountains to... are in Korea, South Korea, I guess. Yes, the North Korean, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, Paiktu, Paiktu? Let me see. P-A-E-K-T-U. I think you could say Paiktu-san. Paiktu-san Mountains. Okay. Maybe. So he trains with Karigi for like a year learning. Uh, this is where he learns ninjutsu. In Korea, though? Well, Karigi may or may not be Korean himself. He might also be okay. Japanese. But I, anyway. got, I mean, I know espionage tactics yes. don't stem only from Japan, but yes. that term ninjutsu does. Yeah, well, Karigi is the main trainer for the League of Assassins in the okay. comics. Okay, all right. Well, we'll and Bruce slide. will later find good. out that uh, a lot of the League of Assassins, he will later find out as Batman that they stemmed from Karigi and confront Karigi himself later on in Batman okay. number 431. Okay. Uh, but as covered in Arkham Origins Initiation, one of the ninjas who uh, sort of helps train him and is one of his opponents is Lady Shiva. Okay. Who is David Kane's lover. And okay. of course, they will hook up and eventually give birth to future Batgirl Cassandra Kane. But anyways. Awesome. Uh, Kriege advises Bruce against his current path, citing that some great violence has marked him and that he has to unlearn everything that he's learned in order to move on. Bruce, of course, refuses and decides to leave. This, of course, disrupts Kane's plan to recruit Bruce to the League of Assassins and shares this to Ra's al Ghul. This is my timeline now. Uh, he yeah, shares sure, this to Ra's yeah. al Ghul, and Ra's decides to keep tabs on this American. Okay. Who has potential, who he also connects to being that kid from Las Vegas who he, when right. he was trying to uh, talk to Zatanna. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on his way to Tibet, Bruce is mugged by some kids who... Uh, beat him up and steal his wallet. This is referred to in Detective Comics number 1000, but these are actually uh, new League of Assassin trainees. Okay. As part of this sort of Roz trying to keep tabs on him. Uh, right. Afterwards, Bruce goes somewhere in Asia. He goes under training from, this is my, this is, I'm being very loose here with the continuity, but he goes <laughs> to train with Madame Mantis. Madame Mantis is from, get this, uh, she's, this She's is. from Lego Batman Gotham City Breakout. <laughs> Madame Mantis. <laughs> Madame Mantis. That's a cool name, though. Is I mean, this old lady cool. who uh, trains him and uh, Slade Wilson, future Deathstroke. And okay. Now she, it's in kinda, what, though? Uh, well, apparently art in, in Lego Batman, but I'd art. like to think. <laughs> yeah, because she uh, had. Okay, I'll just be honest on this one. In, in this one, it's very kiddish. It's yeah. very humorous, but it is some part of Bruce's training, so I decided to include it in here. And uh, at one point, they're doing art, and Bruce yeah. does uh, a mask of, of a bat, and she's like, that's okay. a, that's amazing. And then Slade Wilson just does his like two-toned mask, and yeah. she's like, that nearly gave me a stroke. Well, okay. I'll call you Stroke Death. <laughs> and so that's the type of humor that's in this that's... Lego Batman okay. thing. But you could say I do like the idea of Slade Wilson having the same training as Bruce at some point. So okay. I did include it here. Um, he does end up going to back to Japan, spend six months in the Japanese hermitage under the name of George Woodbridge, uh, where he does sort of learn about, um, he, you know, he sort of gets obsessed about getting defeated all the time by the, everyone else in the school and turns to extreme methods to get better. So one of those is, um, uh, it's it's almost like he goes overboard in his training of okay. learning uh, of learning about it. So he during this time he goes up against Kyodai Ken, 
Okay. As a student of his. Now, this Kyodai Ken is a villain from Batman the Animated Series from uh, Night of the Ninja and it's Day of the, the Death Samurai. Touch. Yeah, the one of the Death Touch. The one touch. that I tried on my brothers a few times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, this I is very schematic. Yes. There's like some schematic for it in the show. So yeah. It's like, man, they were kind of teaching. I can't be the only kid that tried that <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, but obviously it doesn't work. I mean, obviously not, but it's just like they definitely showed a more or less a how to of a Death Touch to kids. Yeah. You know, but, I don't know. It's just just the idea of it, even yes. though it, even though it doesn't work. But uh, in in Japan, he learns from various senseis, and at one point, uh, Sensei Kurosaki decides that there's too much of a disturbance. There's too much of a shadow in Bruce. It's almost like Bruce is channeling this one horned That's cool. demon. There's uh, there's an idea in Japan yeah. called the, it's not just in Japan, I would assume, but it's called shugyo, mm-hmm. which is like it's it's usually translated as kind of like a, a pilgrimage, mm-hmm. but it's not like obviously not like a Christian or or Muslim kind of, or whatever kind of pilgrimage. It's more like a, a warrior's pilgrimage where mm-hmm. it's, it's like you, you train to an extreme degree to where, and you're alone in the mountains or with just yeah. your partner or something. And it's like, it really is to kind of re- reach this like warriors, like enlightenment kind of, kind of thing. And like uh-huh. you, you train so much, you kind of go insane, <laughs> but it, it's the only way to uh, get to this higher level mentally as well. Mm-hmm. Because you're 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 going fucking nuts. Yeah, and I think that'd be kind of cool. Maybe he's already doing this in your story. I don't know, yeah. but I think it's a kind of a cool idea. Yeah, that he's he's done that. So that is from uh, a manga called Batman Death Mask. That's from the fucking um, what's that guy's name? Uh, I forget his name. Uh, anyway, from Bat Manga though, they call it Bat Manga. Uh, well, it was actually a more recent one than than oh, the it was. one. Yeah, oh, but it, yeah. it is one I specifically got that one because of the fact they covered training. <laughs> So okay, yeah. uh, he gets cast out, but he does end up turning to Sensei Yoru, who is the one who has the student of Kyodai Ken. So okay. Bruce gets obsessed over uh, the fact that Kyodai Ken keeps beating him, uh, and Bruce has to learn from his mistakes. And uh, Kyodai Ken eventually gets caught trying to steal uh, Sensei Yoru's ancient samurai sword, and when Bruce confronts him about it, uh, Yoru kicks Kyodai Ken out. Kyodai Ken, of course, vows vengeance against Bruce. Okay. So, again, another character who is a future villain. Okay. Uh, Bruce then goes to study under the one of the most deadliest assassins of the Yakuza, uh, Sun, Sunamoto is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunamoto teaches him how to anticipate his opponent's attacks, uh, as well as a bunch of spiritual healing techniques at one point in... Oh. Um, this is from, again, the same story that Sam Hamm wrote that introduced Chu Chin Lee, uh, Detective Comics number 599. At one point, he flat out shoots Bruce in the leg, and Bruce almost doesn't feel it until afterwards. Wow. He's like, you're bleeding, by the way. Uh, so that's wow. how advanced uh, Bruce's healing has gotten, which explains why Batman is able to push through all the all the shit that oh, he goes yeah. through every night. Yeah. So that's that makes true. sense. Tsunamoto will later uh, be a villain against Batman and uh, have a confrontation with him, but that's much He's later. He's a Yakuza gang boss as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and ends up when Batman is protecting somebody who the Yakuza is going after, uh, he takes it upon himself to go up against his former student. Okay. So that's kind of cool. Uh, he then goes to the Himalayas to study under Shihan Matsuda, known to be one of the greatest Zen warrior monks, where he has to master, uh, apparently this is a real thing, uh, I might mispronounce this, Tumo meditation? Tumo meditation? Let me see. I'm sorry, I need to see it again. T-U-M-M-O. T-U-M-M-O. That's not Japanese, it looks like. Tum- I don't think it is. Tumo or Tumo. Tumo meditation. Apparently, it is the ability 
to meditate to the point where you can control your internal temperature and withstand the freezing cold. Yeah, I've heard, you know, you see that in like, I think I saw that in like Johnny Quest back in the day where yeah. Haji, yeah. Haji did that or some mm-hmm. shit. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're probably, maybe there's these techniques exist. Dude. Yeah. I feel like that's some of those things that, again, maybe I'm over-romanticizing the East, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's maybe those things do exist and they just haven't taught the round eye just yet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. it's, it's just, a, they just don't want to teach anybody outside of Nobody's their circles. Nobody's crazy enough to go to the Himalayas and try it under Shihan Matsuda. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, during this time, he meets, uh, the shop girl named Mio and sort of falls in love with her during this time. Okay. And, uh, Matsuda keeps hitting him for being distracted during his meditations because of this love that he's, he's feeling for this girl. Okay. Uh, but eventually he's able to master it and melt the ice that he's, he's sitting on this ice while he's doing the meditation, and he ends up okay. uh, controlling his temperature to the point where he melts the ice around him and is able to keep himself warm. There must be something to do with, like, Buddhist meditation and controlling your, your mind mm-hmm. because, I mean, there definitely was that one monk on uh, the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album, which is real, from like, oh, protesting the, the Vietnam yeah. War. Like, that guy didn't budge, right? Like, yeah. they, 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 there's, they know some shit that they're not teaching Mm-hmm. to many people that's all you know yeah, it just exactly. seems that way exactly yeah uh so matsuda congratulates him brusque sort of considers himself to be like a son to matsuda and his wife and matsuda says you are not my son i am not your father this is not your mother you're a student and that's it okay um and the big difference that matsuda has with bruce is that matsuda despite being married and everything for years like he doesn't really believe in love love is just a distraction Okay. For Bruce. And uh, this comes to a head at the end of the story, which is uh, Batman. Hold on, that's Batman. Detective Comics number zero, where uh, somebody attacks Matsuda uh, in the night and murders him. Zero for New 52? <clears throat> yeah, zero for New 52. Okay. Uh, Matsuda is murdered, and Bruce fights the assassin, only to find out the assassin is the shop girl, Mio. Okay. Who has actually been going under uh, training for the mm-hmm. League of Assassins. Okay. So in the scuffle, uh, she's wounded, Matsuda is killed, and the person who hired Mio turns out to be Matsuda's wife, okay. Sama. Uh, and she's killed as well. So basically everybody except Bruce uh, seems to be dead Okay. Uh, from here. And Matsuda's last words to Bruce are, this is why there's no room for love. Okay. So this is a very dark story, but Mio apparently survives this encounter, even though Bruce thinks that she died, uh, and reports to her boss in the League of Assassins, of course, being Ra's al Ghul. Okay. So again, there's this is me contextualizing the fact that he seems to meet a lot of League of Assassins-related people right. beforehand. Uh, he then goes to China to train under the legendary master, Wong Fei. Now, I don't know if this is Wong Fei Hung from, the, uh, from Once Upon a Time in China with Jet Li, but... His name is Wong Fei in Brave and the Bold uh, in the episode Return of it's the It's probably Fearsome inspired Fangs. by that guy, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So he learns, and Wong Fei gives him the choice to pick his totem because everybody has a different totem. Okay. So, of course, Bruce chooses the bat. Does he have any impetus to choose it at this point, though? Um, To be honest, not really. Maybe he just remembers falling into the cave as a kid. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's already happened. Yeah, that has happened. Yeah. Okay. As, as a so kid. maybe this is could be like the slow trickle. Yeah, it's slowly that. happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he is has other pupils with them. Some of them have the masks of like the fox and the vulture and everything, and that's the going to become the villains, the terrible trio. 
Okay. And then another guy is has a tiger mask, and that's the future bronze tiger himself, right. Ben Turner. But uh, anyways, he uh, trains with them until he leaves, but eventually someday under the Brave and the Bold episodes, he will come back. Okay. And uh, team up with the bronze tiger to fight the terrible trio. Uh, later on in China, he follows the trail of a serial killer named uh, Huaren. Huaren, I don't know. Uh, Huarong. Huarong. Is this a Korean guy? H U A. This is supposed to be in China, but H U A I R E N. Huaren. Huaren, maybe. Huaren. Okay. Huaren. Okay, disgraced in my culture. All right, Huaren. <laughs> uh, this is from. I'm guessing. Batman Confidential in a story called Superpowers, where Huaren manages to actually kill Bruce. But he gets resurrected by a metahuman <laughs> <laughs> named Re. This is where I'm just like, okay, I guess I have to incorporate this for completion's sake. But apparently Re is part of a team that's kind of like the Chinese Justice League, but predates the Justice League. <laughs> that's, called, pretty, that's awesome, actually. Called the Zhuguan. Tell, tell me they're based on the Chinese Zodiac <laughs> or some shit. I wish. That would be cool. That would be kind of um, sweet, right? But Re has the ability to help resurrect the dead. And uh, they give him a magical elixir to give him temporary superpowers. Okay, so Bruce they, Wayne does get superpowers. He does get superpowers, and they give him his own persona. And that name is... I'm going to fucking butcher this so much. He on Wushu? Yeah, I think you'd say Hey. Hey on Wushu. 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 Okay, Hey on which apparently translates to the Dark Knight. Anybody who speaks... Chinese is probably screaming in their car right now. The on, I could see the because from <clears throat> Japanese, I could see that the on is dark. Yeah. Oh, and hey, 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 on could, be, could be night. Could, could be. be could be night or like a yeah. There's the cat, everybody. All right, keep going. Okay, so uh, he basically that name translates into the Dark Knight, and the, his superpower that I guess from the elixir is the ability to be invisible in the dark. Okay. Of course. So he joins the Zuguan, the Chinese Justice League, in battle against uh, Hoi Ren. Uh, and during this period, he learns the usefulness, of course, of, of fighting with a team as well as improve his uh, weapon-throwing skills. Uh, however, the elixir ends up uh, turning out not to be what he thinks. He thinks, like, okay, I get superpowers, but it turns out to be made partially from opium and creates an addiction. And this okay. entire Chinese Justice League... Of course, has an opium addiction because they're Chinese. Uh, but they, they create. I mean, an addiction. to give context to anybody that may not know, there, this definitely was a thing during Bruce Lee's father's time. If that yeah. gives you during the fifties, especially. And yeah. So maybe in this universal writing, it's still kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Bruce Lee's father was an opium addict. Everybody. Yes. So <laughs> Bruce decides he's going to quit and continue his path alone, and that he that Matsuda was right in the terms of the fact that he's better off alone. So he keeps encountering these situations where he might fall in love or he might join a team, but he feels a betrayal, and he's like, that solidifies that I'm going to be a loner. So to sort of purge himself from this encounter, he starts learning from... uh, He goes to Nanda Parbat to learn from a man named The Master uh, there. And and this is covered, actually, in Batman the Animated Series continuity in the Justice League Unlimited episode Dead Reckoning. Okay. So... Uh, he goes there to purge his soul, and this is where he starts to go more and more into more of a philo- philosophical, back to his meditation type of training. So I probably saw this because I think I saw every Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, so this is yeah. one where uh, both he and Dead Man know the Master, and the Master supposedly yeah. killed, and Dead yeah. Man comes to recruit yeah. him. Um, so later on, he learns from a man named uh, Shao Law on Taoism and how to clear his mind and flow of the currents of life rather than struggle against them. So that's uh, 
from a story in Legends of the Dark Knight 52 to 53 called Dao, of course. Um, <laughs> and he also learns from uh, another mentor named... Oh, okay. Uh, Hishion Tan... I don't fucking know. With Chinese uh, stuff, your your guess is as good as mine, okay. really. Uh, Eastern philosophy from her seeks to learn invisibility and strength. Um, but uh, she can mainly foretell his future. Uh, and She's like a diviner. Like yeah. A divination kind of shit. That type of person, yeah. yeah. So this ends up pissing off her current pupil. Uh, or did I get it wrong? Maybe Shao La is the woman. And she, Anyways, it's been a while since I read this shit. Read <laughs> Legends of the Dark Knight. It's one of those guys. It's one of those people. I, I'm getting these mentors here. mixed up. But this pisses off the pupil named Dragon. Of course, that's his name. Uh, Dragon, <laughs> who swears revenge on Bruce and... A white guy, right? No, no, no Dragon actually is Asian. Oh, okay. Uh, and Dragon becomes <laughs> a villain in the present-day story of that storyline. So I believe... I'd like to think that this storyline was kind of inspirational for the Kyodai Ken storyline because we get yet another, like pupil who gets pissed off by this american man right he's been learned by right shit. so uh bruce then goes to learn from a man named the rana butra about uh, inner peace and sounds of indian descent yes uh, i think that's where it is so he goes yeah. there and he walks down when he leaves his training with it he walks down and encounters the rana butra's daughter with a very familiar looking tall uh midwestern looking man in glasses and they just kind of look at each other and pass by. And that, of course, man is a young Clark Kent. Oh, shit. Uh, and this is covered. The scene is covered in Superman The Odyssey, which is mainly a Superman story, but does have that cameo from Bruce Wayne okay. where uh, you see him walking down the steps and is indicated by the shadow who he really is. Mm. And uh, the girl that, who, uh, the Ronald Butcher's daughter, sort of comments how like she feels a chill. Shadow ever meet? Him. I guess he has, but they ever met uh, Clark Kent? That's a good a question. Actually. That would be kind of cool That'd to have cool. that interaction. Yeah. You just, yeah. That's the thing with like comic book characters. You want them. You want them all to meet. Yes. At some point, <laughs> I want the question to meet the shadow and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Catwoman to meet. You, you have know, a hat. Like, I have a hat too. Yeah, yeah. Joker meets the shadow. I, I want all of them to meet the shadow. Yes. Uh, okay. <clears> so <throat> travels outside of Asia. He goes to Nigeria and undergoes a several month long course under the tutelage of a nomadic tribe in the Owami Desert. Um, after he's fought a death match in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, okay. He goes through unspeakable tortures, including living inside a tiny orb-shaped hanging cell. And it's during this time that uh, Alfred spends all of his resources trying to find Bruce, and they uh, tries to arrange a phone call with him, but when the phone is given to Bruce, he refuses to speak to him. Okay. Because this is Bruce still in his I don't trust people type of phase, and that may also include Alfred. And so Alfred decides to give up hope in trying to find Bruce. Doesn't even trust Alfred. Yeah, so this is covered. That's rough, dude. Yeah. So this is covered during the Zero Year storyline is where they have this discussion about that happening. Uh, And his uncle, Philip, ends up uh, sending a paramilitary unit to Nigeria to fetch Bruce, but the entire unit is killed by mine explosions. Uh, and this is significant because one of the people, one of the guys in that unit is, uh, has the last name Helfern, one of the victims. And his father, Carl Helfern, is the future Dr. Death in uh, Zero Year. Okay. So this is, again, stuff affecting Bruce that will later come to bite him in the ass because that will cause you know the birth of a villain. <clears throat> okay. Uh, as a final test of all his martial arts training, Bruce at 24 goes under the name of Banyan and goes to Norway where... Uh, this woman called the Queen 
throws him into the pit. And the pit is where he fights another death match where he defeats dozens of men for 28 hours straight. They keep sending the queen sends in all these men to fight him. I know I've discussed this before. Norway? Is it just just another location? You got to ask Scott Snyder and James uh, Tinian about that. I like Vikings, man. (laughs) It's just cool. It's just cool. But yeah, it's a death match, uh, and they keep sending in more and more. And she's like, the only way you're getting out and surviving is to do what I tell you, which is to kill. And Bruce is like, I refuse to do that. That's why he lasts 28 hours straight. And eventually she's like, send in more men. And her underlings are like, "They, they refuse to go in. Okay. Because they're all afraid. And Bruce collapses, knowing that his time in the pit is done. Yeah. And having survived the pit, he decides his fight training has is over, and he needs to expand his skill set even more. So <laughs> he goes to Africa. It's never over. Oh, <laughs> learns wow. to use bolas from the cattlemen, use the blue, use, uh, blow t- blow pipes from the Yanumami hunters, I think it's called. Um, this is mentioned in... He's uh, so international. Yeah. This is mentioned in uh, Shadow of the Bat number zero. Uh, he then travels to Australia to learn boomerangs from a man named Lee Collins. You would have to at this point. Just the batarang so legendary at this point, you know? Yeah. So Lee Collins... Even though the batarang, yeah. it's almost a misnomer, really. I yeah. mean, and, and maybe in Adam West times it was okay, but like it's more of a shuriken. Yeah, well... You know, then it is a boomerang. When it was first created, it was supposed to come back to him. Yeah, right. In the Gardner Fox story, uh, where he first fought the monk, where it was introduced, it was called Batarang. <laughs> and there, and there's not really like a great. You couldn't say like Batrican or something, you know? Like you yeah, could, that's it doesn't true. really work as well as Batarang does, you know? True, true. So I guess it's just that name just sticks. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, I think it started out as the boomerang. Remember, that still came from the shadow because <laughs> yeah. he had a boomerang. But yeah. uh, this idea of Lee Collins training him in Batarang does come from Detective Comics number 244, where Batman in his early days was tracking down a criminal, and Lee Collins was this uh, showman who, with the boomerang who threw a boomerang and distracted the dude, yeah. and uh, Batman was indebted to him and decided to learn the boomerang from this guy, and as a present, Collins gave him the first Batarang. Okay. So... That is in the comics, but I'm recontextualizing it to happen before Batman even exists because it makes more sense that way, yeah. in my in my opinion. So he goes to North Africa to learn uh, from the ghost tribes of the Ten-Eyed Brotherhood of the Empty Quarter. Uh, this wow. is covered in 52, the storyline 52, which introduced Batwoman, the Kathy Kane version, uh, or Kate Kane version, I mean. Uh, 52, number 30. Uh, he goes there and he they do it to, uh, he does it to learn to defeat his inner demons. Uh, they say that you will learn to conquer your demons. We will cut them out of you, and you will learn to survive without them, or you will die. Okay. Uh, and this almost cost him his life, uh, and they teach him a little bit more about becoming invisible. Uh, later, he goes back to India, it seems, because the Rana Butra has died. And the new Rana Butra is his daughter, who he briefly met, but uh, he just, they are under attack from the immortal Vandal Savage. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and Man. he has to team up with the Rana Butra's daughter's uh, friend, this American in glasses, who seems to have the power to, uh, you know, be more powerful than a locomotive and right. leap tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> so How does he do it? Bruce uh, uses his training to help out and ends up using bats as a psychological weapon against Vandal Savage's men, as well as sees the advantages of working with a partner. So this is the first team up 
between Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. They're just older and don't quite recognize each other from their Smallville days because I'm combining everything into the right. same canon. Right, right, right. And this is from Superman number 710. Eat your heart out, Grant Morrison. Yes. Uh, the Ducards are next. So in <laughs> this time, at this point, Bruce is 27 years old, and he's like, I already know how to fight. Yeah. I know different weapons. I need to learn more about being a detective. So he goes to Paris and decides to track down the greatest detective and bounty hunter there is, a man named Henri Ducard. Okay. Now, Ducard is the alias of Roswell Ghoul in Batman Begins, but he's a separate character in the comics. Okay. uh, Who also is apparently the disguise of the shadow, according to that Shadow Batman crossover, as I I, I, uh, brought up. Right. So... In some cases, maybe it's the real Ducard. In other cases, it might actually be the Shadow. Okay. Uh, but the uh, Ducard is definitely cited to be the Shadow in that in that crossover. There's also the reason why I bring up the real Ducard having some sort of role is because there's another story called Born to Kill. It's in uh, the New Fifty Two version of Batman and Robin issues five to six. Have the actual period of time have the flashbacks, but Henri Ducard has a son who wasn't originally introduced when Ducard was first introduced in uh, the Sam Hamm storyline. His uh, son Morgan is kind of the one who is the son who gets shat on while Bruce becomes the like new replacement son. Okay. So there's always this rivalry between the two of them. Like Ducard pits his son against Bruce in a fight, and of course Bruce defeats him, and that earns the right to train with them. Uh, and during this training, they go to scour the globe, they go to the jungles, the deserts, the Middle East to search for this international terrorist. In the original storyline, his name was Jeremiah. In the new version, his name is Hassan, so I'm just going to call him Jeremiah Hassan. Uh, (laughs) But uh, he ends up teaching him valuable lessons about detective work, fugitive hunting, uh, tracking, gathering information, how to think like a criminal to to catch one, uh, brutality, different field craft techniques, but during this time, uh, they find du- they find Hassan or Jeremiah, right? And Henri Ducard assassinates him. Oh shit! And Bruce realizes that this guy isn't just a detective; he's an assassin. He's a mercenary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, that that crosses the line that he vowed not to go on. So Bruce storms off angrily, and Henri Ducard says, t- turns to his son and says, "Kill him." Okay. So he sends Morgan Ducard to London to kill Bruce. And Bruce beats the ever-loving shit out of him, right? <laughs> and uh, returns him to Paris, and being is like, "Don't ever come back to me again." Okay, because this is what I did to your son. I fucked up your son. I will fuck you up too. Okay. Uh, so both Ducard and his son will turn into future antagonists for Batman, okay. or future like anti-heroes who he begrudgingly teams up with. Morgan Ducard himself takes on the supervillain name Nobody in uh, the Batman and Robin storyline, Born to Kill, where he decides to take his revenge on Bruce by trying to corrupt Bruce's son, Damien. He's already kind of corrupt, right? Well, because he had the training under the League of Assassins, but he sort of poses himself as like, your father doesn't actually know how it's done. Okay. I can be your real father. I can be the one to appeal to the side of yourself uh, that you've been denied due to your actual father. So... uh, Around this time, Bruce realizes he's trained with every great master except one, uh, another bounty hunter named Willie Doggett. So this is covered in uh, a storyline called in Legend of the Dark Knight number one called Shaman. And uh, during this time, he is basically uh, <clears throat> trying to track a killer named Thomas Woodley. 
and during the time they're using different manhunting and survival techniques but uh willie doggett is murdered by thomas woodley during this time okay and bruce uh has to fight off uh woodley and believes that he has uh woodley ends up accidentally falling off the mountain and bruce thinks that he's dead but of course once again woodley will come back later on okay um but Bruce gets lost in the mountains and ends up collapsing where he is saved uh, by a shaman and his granddaughter. And the shaman links Bruce to a Native American myth of the bat. Again, this imagery of the bat constantly following him. Uh, and says that he has basically been marked by this totem. And it's like, do you think these kind of characters, <clears throat> you know, the kind of type that like sense things about people. Yeah. Uh, sees their like inner psyche or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, the, one of the things I just thought now was like maybe the, the Native American, this is a shaman type guy. Yes, yes. He senses the inner bat in him. Like a, <laughs> yes. I know the, the term spirit animals thrown around a lot these days, mm-hmm. and maybe there's some cultural appropriation going on there. But this is a Native American guy in this story Yes. that maybe sees a spirit animal mm. in Bruce. Yeah, potentially, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, is it really cult- here's my rant about it as a minority. I'm just like, is it really cultural appropriation if he is honoring and learning from all these people who are the experts? That's I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. That is not offense. Like if <clears throat> I see a white guy in a gi in a martial arts studio, that's not cultural appropriation to me. That is him honoring the actual yeah, thing. Yeah. Him dishonoring it would be like, fuck this kung fu shit and the stupid yeah, gi. Yeah. I'm I'm out of here or yeah. like I'm gonna treat my own shit. Like yeah. that that's to me, that's the disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, him I, just being white, I, just because he happened to be that way? Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think I brought that up because I've seen on Twitter or something where, like, Native American people were saying nothing to do with the comics. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more about just people just willy-nilly using the phrase, that's my spirit animal. Oh, I see. Okay. And, 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 and just, just kind of using that a little bit too casually, mm-hmm. which I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I, personally, I don't even fucking say it that much anyway. Yeah. If ever. Yeah. Same. Uh, so, whatever. But, uh, yeah, sometimes the, the cultural appropriation argument yeah. needs, I don't know, in my opinion, I'm, how do I say this gingerly for the podcast? It's maybe a deeper conversation than we, than even the left is thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see. Oh, yes, the shaman. So the shaman at some point uh, brings Bruce to New Mexico to hone his wisdom and learn to trust his instincts in tracking and hunting techniques. So this is actually in the Bronze Age in the 70s, Detective Comics 449, where uh, Bruce mentions having to learn um, from a shaman in New Mexico. So I kind of combine them into the same shaman here. Okay. Uh, and then uh, finally, at some point, Bruce winds up in an Asian prison where he is finally recruited to the League of Assassins by Ra's al Ghul. So finally, we made it, everybody. We, we finally made it. Uh, this is only in the Nolan movie, Batman Begins. Ra's al Ghul has actually never trained Batman in any of the comics. Yeah. Um, with one exception, which is after Batman Begins, where uh, Max Landis wrote it in American Alien number three, where Bruce That's, that's after dubbed. Batman Begins, though. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's afterwards, so it's inspired by the movie. But uh, Ra's is shown... Uh, trying to basically in the mountains with Bruce, Bruce having named his League of Assassin name is apparently Man of Bats in American Alien number three. Okay. And uh, Roz ends up telling him about like, hey, like there's this incident where 
uh, and it ties into Clark Kent, of course, okay, because it's about Superman. So I'm not going to get too much into that. But of course, as we saw in Batman Begins, he's taught refined fighting skills, he's taught swords, he's taught explosive powders, invisibility, theatricality, and deception, the psychology of fear. Uh, but of course, it's Bruce's refusal to kill that causes him to escape from the League of Assassins, who in the Batman Begins continuity will immediately then try to attack Gotham. Okay. Uh, Bruce goes to Gotham to and becomes Batman. And the main training that I find with Batman when he's already in the cowl is in the brave and the bold. Okay. So in the brave and the bold, uh, there is an episode called the golden age of justice that establishes that Batman in his early days actually underwent training and how to be a costume crime fighter from the justice society of America. Okay. So he's trained in it by, uh, Jay Garrick, the Jay Garrick flash, right. uh, wildcat again, uh, Dr. Midnight and our man. And, uh, someone teach him how to, how to fight with a cape. Uh, yeah, I would think that uh, Dr. Midnight and Our Man would help him out with that. Honestly, I mean, the, the cape, w- I mean, not that it would be too practical in real life, but at least with comic book fighting logic or whatever, yeah. choking somebody out with the cape, yeah. using the cape to grab people's hands, mm-hmm. like a trap kind of thing. Yeah. Like, there's actually probably some tactical shit you could do with it, you know, more yeah. than what we just saw in um the year one comic. That was just one instance, but there's got to be... Oh, you mean the Earth One one? I mean Earth One, yeah. Earth One shit, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that there's probably some other, uh, you know, like, there's got to be other tactical maneuvers with the cape. Yeah, yeah. So he probably does learn from it. There is a cool tie-in comic from the Brave and the Bold tie-in comic number seven by Charlie Fish called Shadows and Light, where uh, that reveals how Batman was recruited into the JSA in the first place, where um, in the comics, they established that the Alan Scott Green Lantern was actually the protector of Gotham before Batman. And that's kind okay. of a nice tribute to the fact that Alan Scott Green, the Alan Scott Green Lantern was created by Bill Finger as well. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, he has a confrontation with Batman being like, I've tried for years to bring Gotham into the light, and you're just bringing it back to, into darkness. And Batman's yeah. response is like, you were out there fighting all the supervillains, who was watching the streets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you weren't around when my parents were killed. Yeah. So they e- end up teaming up, and Alan Scott sees the value of Batman, just as Batman sees the value of uh, teamwork, of course, and being more than just a guy who beats up criminals. Right. So uh, Alan Scott's like, let me introduce you to some friends. And okay. that's when he introduces him to Jay Garrick, Wildcat, Dr. Midnight, Our Man, all those JSA characters, as well as their fellow recruit, uh, the second Black Canary, Dinah, Dinah Lance. So that's all established in uh, that issue and then ties into the Golden Age of Justice episode that establishes it. Also, apparently at some point, he learned archery from Oliver Queen. Sweet. Uh, in uh, That's revealed in apparently Green Arrow number 134. You'd have to. Yeah. So that, <laughs> I don't know when he used the bat bow, but hey, <laughs> sounds not, good to me. Not often. So yeah. those... We finally made it. Bruce Wayne is Batman now. He's fighting crime. He's learned from 500 different mentors. His body has gone through hell, and he hasn't even started fighting the Joker yet. Two hours of sleep, heals himself (laughs) (laughs) mid-fight. Thanks to all these tactics. And that brings us to the end of all of Bruce Wayne's training. Everything that I could find... Right down to Lego Batman directed directed video right. movies. Madame Mantis. And Madame Mantis and all that ridiculousness. I've tried to recontextualize everything, even bringing in the shadow training him because I love that. What did you think you would now need that, that you have the whole story? If you are a listener of this year podcast, <laughs> you know that I 
do enjoy a training montage. Oh, this and, is more than a montage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, I want a whole show. Okay, to make it easy for everybody, the whenever in Batman Begins, he goes to the fucking Tibet or wherever that is, mm-hmm. the Blue Flower and all that. Yeah. I need a whole show of Batman traveling Asia, of yes. Bruce Wayne. I need <laughs> I need a show after after most of Gotham, before Batman, mm-hmm. traveling Asia. Kung Fu, the legend continues, but not just China. Or Kung Fu is in America. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I need that show. Yeah. That's the show we need right now. This show that you just pitched. or this I just <laughs> pitched you the entire 10 seasons. This is, this is yeah, this, 20 is, seasons. this is like a 10 seasons fucking thing. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I know we've we've had like a lot of Batman, but no Batman kind of show with Gotham. But this right. would be a very like martial arts, uh, you know, even you know Western martial arts as mm-hmm. well uh, oriented show. So that there's definitely something to do there. And like other than uh, what do you call it, Into the Badlands on FX? There's not AMC, a whole I think, but yeah. There's not a whole lot of like uh, martial arts shows going on right now. A lot of shows mm-hmm. have martial arts in them. Yeah. But there's no like martial arts show going on right now because the last one was um, the Marvel one. The last big one. Oh, you mean the Iron Fist? We- Western made. Yeah, yeah Iron and Fist. That was, and that was panned. And that, yeah, that wasn't that great. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, other than that, I can't. I mean, look, this. I mean, right now, The Witcher, that first episode, has some amazing fencing in it, mm-hmm. like Western style sword fighting. I thought that was incredible. But uh, as far as like. Especially like Eastern martial arts stuff. Of course, It Man Four I think just came out and shit. But I don't know. It just seems like maybe there's like a cultural appropriation thing against that or something, and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but it would also kind of be about like it's a rich, it's a rich white man who goes out to expose himself to the rest of the world to see like what else is out there. How does how should a white guy operate in these conditions? You know what I mean? Like yeah, not he's... and not and and not. <laughs> how do I say this? Insult, not be insulting to the viewer. I guess, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard there, to say. There's an element correctly. of that, but I mean, my argument, of course, is what I said before, where it's just like it's a respect. To yeah, it, to, yeah, yeah. To yeah. learn from the best, as opposed to thinking that you don't need to do. You know, like it's more disrespectful to me to be like, all right, like. I don't need to do that shit. I just need to learn everything I need to know here from other white guys. Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. to me more offensive than going literally to China to learn this great martial art. It's from it's guy. almost like saying nobody from any other cultures have any anything worth learning or it's it's like it's like yeah, the whole culture appropriation argument again everybody, I'm pretty much left wing. I know I'm sounding right wing to maybe some of the listeners, but right. but like it's just Sometimes that argument feels a little bit uh, like they want you, everybody should stick to their own culture. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's how is that and where's that going to lead to? Yeah. You're going to have segregation again. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. You're going to have yeah. all the people who fought for segregation just rolling in their graves. Yeah. Because somebody thought that you serving tacos in the cat on the commissary on the studio lot yeah. is somehow offensive. Right. Right. So. Anyway, cultural appropriation <laughs> and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Obviously, we didn't want to get too political. But if you're a real yeah. person, uh, which you are, because you're listening to this, you probably are like, I can't do this shit if I wanted to be Batman. I can't right. go off and seek out Chu Chin Lee and the League of Assassins because they don't exist. So, what does a person do if he wants to at least get some of these skills? 
Well, of course, oh. you'd have to. You have like real links ready for us, out. bro. Well, no, no, I'm just, I'm just bringing up like, <laughs> you know, the fact that you can still, if you're interested in this, go out and do martial arts. You can still go out and yeah. and find teachers. You probably don't have the money to go out literally to China and Thailand and Egypt and and get locked into the Sphinx and try to do an escape right. room thing of there. But you can go to escape rooms and yeah, and figure true. out your engineering to there. So the the world has kind of been built even further and further along to the fact to make it easier for right. you to, to do that. Uh, I think I saw that Robert Pattinson is doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Which, that is interesting. This is maybe another tangent, but like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as Batman, so are we going to see Batman get into a ground fight? Yeah, that's another thing. We've never really seen this in the in any of the movies or shows, right? So that'll be kind of a cool new territory. It could be, but also, in my opinion, like a ground fight, is not that interesting to watch, in my opinion. But, I mean, maybe I mean, it depends on how it's shot. It depends on how it's shot. Uh, I mean, especially with a cape involved, too. Yeah, I'm just like, like how does that happen? It feels complicated, yeah. Unless so, it's like a very a quick, like, arm bar kind of thing or something like that. Like, it's kind of easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, UFC is definitely more popular than it's ever been. So, I, I, I get that, but... Yeah, I don't know. It it'll mm-hmm. depend, and like yeah. maybe he throws a smoke bomb in in the middle of the fight, in the middle of a lock or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. So we'll see. I think he's trying to get some fight training in, but maybe that's his own on his own accord. Too, it could. You know? Yeah, it could be. It's kind of. Well. It's still early. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it it's potential, but maybe he just wants to get a baseline just so they yeah, can get yeah, the yeah. character. Yeah. You know. So there's that. There's also different. I always kind of like to speculate in terms of like what books could he have read about. Yeah. So like there's all the classics of strategy. There's the Art of War by Sun Tzu. Yeah. Um, which is quoted in, in Titans. So oh, that yeah. version at least does it. Uh, Machiavelli yeah. is also honored yeah. in Titans. So Machiavelli is the prince. Uh, is a good one as long as you can recontextualize these things to today. Uh, and then um, I just started Musashi's Book of Five Rings, which oh, I think yeah. is a lot even better to translate to today because a lot of art of war is very much about like Chinese war at the time and the yeah. prince is very much about Italy at the time but Book of Five Rings I'm just like this is so focused on fighting stuff there's nothing there's right. not a lot in it that feels like it's of its time it's just it's just human it's just fighting. being a human being yeah, and how to yeah. fight and that's what I appreciate about it so I would say those three are guaranteed to be in Bruce Wayne's library there's there's another one too uh, there's a lot of those kind of books like Hagakure and shit but yeah. there's also um, one called The Life-Giving Sword I haven't read that one yet but it's mm. just a, such a fucking cool name I again that list. almost yeah. sounds a little bit right right wing but <laughs> The Life-Giving like, Sword the, like the gun will protect the life I don't know anyway if, if you were recontextualize that too today yeah. well, it, then again the Batman yeah. view of it is like you are trying to turn yourself into a weapon in order to protect yourself and other people. Yeah, right, 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 Not right. Not to harm innocent people, but to protect them. Right, for sure. So that's that's how I would recontextualize or reframe that. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's how you would do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to read those books, man. Uh, I'll add that one to my list too. Yeah. So that is the long education of Bruce Wayne. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please go out and read the actual books because this was just a summary and there's a lot of other details and stories that I didn't go as in-depth about because we only have a few minutes time for these things. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And now we are ready to go into Batman Begins. Finally. <laughs> finally. Now <laughs> you're ready, audience. Context. We trained you as much as Batman <laughs> has trained himself. <laughs> to lead up, we went over the great bat hiatus. 
we went over the actual training in the comics, some of which happened after the movie, but whatever. Uh, that'll at least help out when we go into the comic book version versus the movie. I am excited about that. Is that pretty so much it? That is pretty much it. So please hit us up on uh, Instagram. We are Super House Pod on there, where at this point you will probably end up seeing some comic book panels that deal right. with uh, <laughs> right. the training uh, that I'll right. put on there. I am Ben Juan Writer on Instagram, and you are. I am Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, yeah, Ben heads up the Super House Pod Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, shout out to uh, Shasta. What? Please uh, go to patreon.com slash superhousepodcast and join the Shasta Army for just a dollar a month. And uh, shout out to Kooky Noms, Matt Herring. And uh, that might be it for right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, superhousepodcast.com, or superhousepod.com rather. You can email us at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review or a comment in the iTunes store. Also on Spotify, of course. And... Uh, I think that might be it. We're on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, most active on Instagram, however. And uh, that might be it. Cool. I think so, too. So, uh, we will see you next time for the actual Batman Begins. Welcome to 2020, Andrew signing <laughs> off. Ben signing off. Ben signing off.